Hi, good morning or afternoon. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> We're super excited about this. <laughs> so, okay. You ready, guys? Yeah. Okay. Listen to Godcast, the Good News Network, where two generations merge into one to spread the good news of God's personal love. Join Barbara Campbell and Lizzie Latish as they take over the mic to shine some light on your day. With the help of other prominent Christian voices, the gospel is presented in an easy and open way, allowing you to receive God's joy through the Holy Spirit. by Sargassi Ministries, which spreads the good news of God's personal love to today's families through multimedia channels such as books, a diary vlog, a radio show, and speaking engagements. So good morning, I'm Barbara Campbell, and I'm with my grandkids, the stars of our Ella Pancinella series of books for children, which really are gospel stories turned inside out, and it's Danny, <laughs> Ella Ella Pancinella herself, and Lizzie Latish. <laughs> And Mike Grogan is going to be our guest host today. He came all the way from Philadelphia to do that. And our amazing guest today, which we're very excited about, Jeannie Gaffigan. Hi. Hi. There's so many things. Um, you're the founder of the Imagine Society. You're going to have a podcast soon. And we're really excited about your book because we just got it from Amazon. And we've been looking at it, perusing it, and there's some amazing i would almost say life transforming ideas here but it's also very lighthearted, which is it's it's kind of a, a heavy subject right in a way yes. when life gives you pears and it refers to a pear-shaped tumor that Jeannie had and removed um and and her whole journey with that but it also is written in a very lighthearted way and in a way that we can all have fun with and I don't know, I just loved it. I was in tears, I was laughing, and I was doing all kinds of things with it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And also, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. You're honored to have you. So talk to me about, um, I guess the Imagine Society is the first thing on your mind, right, Jeannie? Yes, I mean, well, I mean, there's a lot in my mind, believe me, as you know, I have five kids. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm doing all this crazy stuff, but I also as you said, have got to be lighthearted about it because, you know, when we, I'm sure we all are encountering this lately, especially with, you know, the fact that currently, you know, there's a overseas, there's a war going on. Yes. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. You just reminded me. I wanted Mike to pray about that before we started. Do you mind if we just, Yes, I would love to go. You just clicked it on my head. I have a little anesthesia brain right now. Cause I just had a Hammer toes, hammered down. <laughs> you, know what, you know what? I don't know what your um, ethnic background is, but hammer toes run in my family too. Waiting, <laughs> <laughs> the clock is ticking for my, you know, toe <laughs> surgery that's going to ha inevitably happen in my yeah. life. So, but Mike, can you lead sure. us in prayer? Sure, I'd love to. So, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for bringing us together this morning. We pray for your blessing and your anointing upon this conversation, upon Jeannie. And we pray that um, 
the beautiful inspiration to imagine society, to imagine a better world, to imagine your kingdom invading the earth. We pray, especially today, for the people in Ukraine who are suffering so deeply, Lord, that you would console them, that you would blanket that country with your presence, with your power, with your love, with your grace. And we pray, Lord God, that there would be an anointing on Jeannie's words through this podcast, that all those who will listen to it will experience the power of your presence, and that they would imagine society, that they would reimagine their world, their city, where they are right now, to bring your kingdom, your light, and your love to all those whom they meet. We pray for an anointing on these young people, Lord, that you would inspire them and give them grace and courage. We ask all this, Father, in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, Father, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. Gifted. The Holy Spirit is really working right Come now. Come on down. Come on down. <laughs> yeah, yes. he's here. He's yes. showing up. <laughs> showing up. Um, well, I, um, again, am so grateful to be here today. And um, it's the sort of little break in my day that I definitely need because it's a high gear on Saturdays, you can imagine with five kids. And, um, but back to the idea of the horrible suffering that going is going on in the world and really all over the world. But right now we are very aware of the Ukrainian crisis because here is this democratic country where everyone is also going through, you know, a month ago was figuring out how to get their kids to soccer or get to, you know, the same thing, the same type of life that we're leading. That's why it's so real to us because it's no more in these sort of cultures that we don't really understand. It's a democratic culture. And so that, I think that is really bringing it to the forefront of all of our uh, uh, hearts and minds because people are just walking around and all of a sudden now their apartments and homes are being bombed and their way of life has been completely disrupted. So it's a way that we um, even though there is this kind of stuff going on all the time in with these, you know, uh, different countries, there's, there's, you know, floods and fires and all this stuff, but this one, um, not that it's more tragic, it's just more relatable because we're, uh, you know, we live in a democracy and we, uh, understand what it would be like to have someone try to come take that away. So I think that's what is really putting it on, um, all of our hearts right now. And I think that one of the things that, you know, I um, am concentrating on my, on my own podcast for us Catholic, which I'll talk to you about a little bit um, later is that, you know, Pope Francis had wrote a book during the height of the pandemic and it was called let us dream. And he uh, and it's really let us imagine, let us, you know, it's, it really spoke to me. And it was like, what are these terrible crises, like such as the pandemic, where we can easily look at all the bad things that are coming out of the pandemic? What is God trying to make happen in our lives? By what what opportunity is this crisis presenting? What is it revealing to us about ourselves, about each other, about our church, and about our world, our larger world? And how can we make things better? So it's almost like a very specific, I mean, for me, because I'm Catholic, it's a Catholic assignment. You know, it's like almost like, oh, wow, this is like an assignment. I can either say, well, it's all this guy's fault or it's this country's fault or 
it makes me divided from my neighbor more, or it is providing an opportunity to really listen and walk with my neighbor and carry their cross. So that's uh, kind of the theme of everything that I'd like to talk about today. The Ukrainian crisis came up because it's so easy for us and easy for me. It's a constant uh, set of boundaries I have to establish with myself where I really have a tendency to sweat the small stuff, right? I, it's not like I had this experience in my life and then I just stopped sweating the small stuff. Yeah. Now I'm aware that I'm sweating the small stuff after I sweat it. And I'm like, oh, sorry, God. You know, people in Ukraine are having their houses blown up. And I'm like, oh, darn, my, you know, Amazon delivery got damaged. You know what I mean? So it's like we have to it, it's a really good way to put things in perspective when big things happen to our neighbors. And as you mentioned, um, I wrote a book about my brain tumor that I had emergency surgery for in uh, 2017. And I came very close to losing my life through that process. And the, the book will go through, you know, if you do get my book, when life um, gives you pairs, um, you will learn the whole story. So I don't, I'll, uh, if you want me to summarize the kind of journey, um, I will, but to connect it to the Imagine Society is that when I was in the ICU, when I was really struggling with the lack of control that I had, and I had no idea what, how, or if, or what I was ever going to come out of that, it gave me a sort of forced retreat. So you know how when people go on retreats, they're like, let's go on a retreat, let's go on a retreat. And a lot of us think about, okay, oh, where are we going to have lunch? Where are we going to sleep? What time is the prayer? How are we, you know, and we're thinking about that, but that and that's if I went on retreats before, that's what I was concerned with. I was like, okay, I'm organizing a retreat for moms who are too busy, right? But I would just concentrate on the schedule and I would have these moments of, you know, uh, peace and prayer. But then it would just be back to, okay, well, this one didn't show up and this building was closed. And, you know, that really overwhelmed my life, the planning and the production, because I'm the oldest of nine kids and that's hardwired in my body. So that's my cross, you know, my mini cross. So when I was in the ICU, I couldn't do anything except lie there and stare at the ceiling and try to stay alive. And that was my retreat. That was my encounter with God. And my conversation with God, where I was just sort of forced into a, you know, where some people like go to India and sit on a mountain for a month to like communicate (laughs) their soul. That was how it happened for me. So when I was doing that, I really got the sense that life was short. That's a very simple way to say it. And I always had the sense that, um, you know, even when I was like, oh, when is, when is my kid going to get out of diapers? Or I would have these moments where I like, it just seemed like it was going on forever. But then all of a sudden I would put, you know, there, I'd be invited to a wedding and I put the shoes on the kid that was for the last wedding. And they were like two sizes too small. I said, wait, wait a minute, how did time go by that fast that my kid grew? And, you know, in those little moments I would have encounters with time, how quickly time goes. But when I was in that hospital, I was like, wow, I am missing out on these beautiful experiences that happen every day 
in the moment. And I, I realized that I was living in the future. I was planning and planning and planning of the future. And I was kind of bound to the past and I wasn't experiencing the present moment. And I know that sounds very cliche, but that was a big revelation I had in the ICU. Um, and how that translated to me is that I started thinking about my 12 year old girl and how in her Catholic school, they get confirmed in eighth grade. So what, how, where, what is she going to do after that? Because I already knew because of the masses at my parish that the kids really in high school, they just kind of, they're, there's nothing for them. And then when they're young adults and they're like, Hey, I want to get married in the Catholic church. Then they come back. I mean, it's a standard cliche thing about, you know, how to get rid of kids, give them a confirmation. And then you would see them until they want to get married, you know, if they come back. So I really was like, I, what was all this first communion and all this, all these Sundays that I gathered my kids up and went to mass. And what was I doing it for? Like for that or how could they live out the Catholic social teaching? And it was so um, real. Why am I thinking about this in the ICU? So when I um, fast forward through, you know, chapter, chapter, chapter in the book, um, what I describe, how I started to recover. The first journey that I made when I, and I was using a walker and on an oxygen tank was to my parish. And I spoke to, the uh, Monsignor at the time. And I said, look, I said, I really want to start a youth group. I know a lot of Catholic churches have them, but most of them don't. And there's this kind of spot after confirmation where these uh, kids are young, young, young adults are so brilliant and so, and so passionate about the world, but there wasn't anything there for them to do with it. So the Monsignor was Monsignor Sicano. He's since retired, but he was so welcoming. He literally handed me the keys to the youth center and said, you know what, let's see the program. So essentially I started doing, uh, I, I, myself and my uh, best friend, BFF, <laughs> um, Nora Fitzpatrick, who also has five kids. She and I started a youth group and then other parents came on and lots of teenagers came on and we started doing you know, drives and having it very youth led, like they would come up with the idea. We would figure out how to engage our parish. And it was this, you know, just started, you know, how, you know, if it's good by the fruits, the fruits were, were, were growing fast. So something happened at a certain point where we were doing a service activity and it was like um, something with the unhoused community in Times Square, like giving them, you know, sandwiches or something like that. And there was another group of kids who were like across the street, basically. And it was sort of like, what parish, you know, are you with? And they were like, oh, we're from Temple. You know, they were Jewish kids. And so the kids in my group were like, Jewish kids do service too? And I was like, of course they do. And then I realized, and this is another message that Pope Francis is, I mean, this is later, I realized that I was kind of living this before you know, Fratelli Tutti, which is a book that uh, Pope Francis um, wrote about making inroads into other cultures instead of building walls and saying, we're the, we're the only ones who can get in, right? So it's kind of like reaching across the aisle. 
and saying, you know what, we might disagree on this or that. And it's okay to be like, okay, I think you're wrong about this, but I love you. And we are our neighbors of the human family and we can work together. And so that's how the imagined society came to be because I still, and as a matter of fact, the, I have a meeting tomorrow with my, my Catholic youth group. I still have a Catholic group. I still am dedicated to Catholicism and my Catholic group, but we liaise with other groups that are from different religions and different walks of life and different, especially in uh, um, Manhattan becomes a bubble, right? So we need to be able, we, there's lots of bubbles. So there's the the bubble of the um, the Ascension Parish in Morningside Heights. And there's the bubble of the downtown parish. And there's the bubble of the Upper East Side Parish. And everyone has their own little world. But we've really tried to reach out to these other groups and do projects with these other groups. So our kids who are from all different neighborhoods and have different kinds of parents and who have different kinds of, let's say, you know, not to bring politics into different kinds of like voting habits or whatever it should be. There are human beings that we love and have dignity. And we, I think that that is what is sort of missing in the uh, world that our, our kids and that, you know, um, Ella and Danny and Lizzie are growing up in this world where all these like groups are like fighting and like filled with hatred and animosity towards each other and viewing each other as the other and not as their neighbor. And if we remember that the two most important things that our Lord Jesus Christ said was what? Love God and love your neighbor, right? Those are the first two. And then the other commandments will all fall into place because really, if you're doing that, how can you murder someone? How can you you know, uh, break any of those other commandments. So it just, I think what happened was, is when I had this encounter with my own mortality, these things became, these very simple concepts became very clear to me. So I'm not saying I have all the answers because like I said, I continuously fall in the, you know, sweating the small stuff pit. But the important thing is, is that I was able to have that, epiphany to, for for lack of a better word, and be able to do something, um, with it, with action. Wow. And, and also the part about loving our neighbor as ourselves. I think that's very important. And I know as, as a counselor, I work with so many kids who have trouble understanding, loving themselves. Right. That's very important. And don't and don't you think that when you're doing something good and when they're helping others, that helps them to. Yes. And I I think that's one of the things we have somehow in our culture. Literally, community service is a punishment for crimes. You know, you realize that, right? Community service. I'm sentenced to five years of community service. Oh, no. Now, community service is for. It benefits yourself more. You can say, okay, you know what? I co- I'm giving a turkey dinner to uh, uh, someone in poverty on uh, Thanksgiving. And that's my service to them. No, it's your service to yourself, right? You Because how, doing service to other people helps you love yourself. So it's a cyclical thing. Yes. You're absolutely right. Yes. It's not just about give, 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 give. Because in giving you receive so much more than the person who got the mm-hmm. turkey, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Wow, that's quite a, 
quite a summary of this whole endeavor. So um, do you guys have any questions about that? Yeah, I have a question. Um, so how can local youth from Long Island get involved with the Imagine Society? Well, I'm so glad you asked it because we actually recently did have a group uh, from Long Island participate in one of our big outreaches. So for example, if you go, um, and this is, this is one of these like sort of like very clinical planning things, but if you go to the website, theimaginesociety.org, there is a uh, contact. There's one contact address. It's not like contact this one, contact that one. There's one, it's called outreach. And all you have to do is say, hey, my name is Ella. I have a group of kids at my school who want to do service or we're doing confirmation. Everyone has to have this many hours because that's a lot of it starts with people have to do it. And then they just love it. So basically we, first of all, have uh, a constant in-person service um, once a month in person at Ascension uh, Food Pantry, which is the New York City's only youth-led food pantry. I mean, obviously there's adult mentors as well, where people who are experiencing food insecurity come uh, once a month to, to get food, to get groceries, and they go shopping. And um, you know, the kids set up the pantry. I'm sure there's tons in your neighborhood too, and I'll get to that in a second. So that's one thing. The other thing is, is we normally seasonally, we're doing a project. So right now we're building a library in a juvenile detention center that has no internet and no phone. And these are for um, kids who have been convicted of crimes, prisoners who are teenagers and they don't have the internet and they don't have phones or whatever. And we, uh, the, the Holy Spirit, through this, through that, through this friend, through that friend, put us in contact with this wonderful library. And this is in Washington state. So don't ask how we, we found this place. <laughs> but we did, last year we did it for uh, a Brooklyn and Bronx juvenile detention center. This year, it's a little bit different because we got uh, this contact. So we're building a library for them. How are we doing that? Well, we're raising money to, um, to purchase the books that this librarian has curated that have been are specific for her population. And the way we're doing that is each of our kids are designing a bookmark with their own art and a quote that they like, or they came up with. And we're going to po post it on our Instagram. And then we would say, Hey, here's Ella from Long Island age. Um, I don't know how old you are. 18. How, you're 18, I'm age 18 senior at, um, or are you in college? Yeah, I'm a senior high school. Okay, you made this beautiful uh, bookmark with her own art or her, she and her friend collaborated on this bookmark that with this inspirational quote, you know? Yeah. And um, it, it's on our Instagram. And then please donate $5 for the, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. then people get are so excited that these creative young people are, so we have an Instagram at the Imagine Society where we do these campaigns. The other thing that we're doing is there's a shelter for unhoused pregnant mothers and babies under three. They get to stay into the three and get rehab and get job training and mothering classes, but they have, you know, don't have a family or their family won't speak to them or whatever. 
And um, we do these things called Imagine Babies, where we curate beautiful uh, baby showers for each baby that's born with a, with a beautiful basket that we design. And the, um, these are all teenage kids do this because a lot of these kids in the um, shelter are teenage mothers. And, you know, our high school kids have, you know, that they have so much more than these other teenagers. So it's a, this motivation to make, you know, what the, you know, what they want, they want a really funky nail polish. You know, they design these baskets to give to the each mother and baby to give them this hope and this, you have a family out there. So that's a wonderful thing. So that's an ongoing project because there's at least two babies born a month in the shelter. Another thing that we do is we're doing an Easter baskets project. We're doing, I mean, it's like basically we, if somebody reaches out and say, I have this group at my school, or I have no group at my school, I need to be part of a group, or I, I have a food pantry in my town. And I, how do you do it? So we do all of that. We mentor you to start your own little imagined society. Ah, right. Wow. We're an umbrella organization. So, I mean, and we've worked with Muslim youth groups. We've worked with Catholic youth groups. We've worked with Jewish youth groups. We've worked with youth groups that don't even, you know, kids never been to church because their parents are atheists. Right. But they want to be part of something mm-hmm. and they want to help their community because they look around and they see poverty and they see inequality and they want to not just you know, show up. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about showing up at a march or something, but this is an action. This is like a service in action. And what we found is that young people and teenagers are really have a skill because they don't have to, uh, most of our kids don't have to support themselves yet. They don't have kids yet. And they're in a position where they have school, of course, it's very hard, but you can't do school all the time. And so this component can mix social because there's always a social component. We always have a basketball or pizza or a, I mean, it sounds uh, dorky, but it's not, it's super fun. And these kids in the Imagine Society, when you're sorting books together or making a baby basket together, you bond. There's something really bonding about doing stuff for other people with each other that makes you formulate these friendships. So I have, I mean, I have uh, two teenage kids myself and I have one who's 12, who's going on 18, by the way, I don't know how that happened, but um, you know, I have kids who have, uh, will never uh, forget the kids that they, that they've did these service projects with and continue to do them with. Wow. So yes, get involved. I just want to say there are, there's really a deficit on Long Island of the youth groups of, of really thriving youth groups. So what would someone like Eller or Danny, like a lone person, could they incorporate themselves into Imagine Society? Yes, absolutely. There are a, a, a lot of opportunities that we can do remotely right? Because if you can't come into Manhattan on a Saturday, I you know, understand. I mean, I'm in Westchester right now and it's Saturday. So I wouldn't, if there was a pantry service today, I wouldn't be able to do that because I have, you know, I mean, I could go on and on about my, you know, kids have this and that, and, know. you know, I can't drop everything, but I can do many things remotely. Like for instance, like the, uh, the, the 
the bookmark project is a remote project. It's submitting artwork over, you know, email. Um, there's a lot of things that we can do. And then what happens is inevitably is that that uh, teenager turns around and they get some friends from their group. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's because it's goodness spreads, right? Goodness yeah, spreads. Exactly. Yeah. Even three or five kids, I guess, could it could work for that, right? Absolutely. Okay, so um, again, Godcast, thanks, Mike Grogan, and of course, our guest, Jeannie Gaffigan. And Jeannie, is that how they follow you? Yes, you can go to Instagram at The Imagine Society, or you could go to theimaginesociety.org to learn about what we do, who's involved, and how you can get involved. And um, also, I'm on a podcast at, at U.S. Catholic, which is a magazine, uh, an online magazine that's starting a media uh, branch. Thank you for joining us today to learn about all these spirited ideas. I'm Ella, and we want to say a warm thank you to our guest, Jeannie Gaffigan, and our co-hosts. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Star of the Sea Ministries. You can hear our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. And yeah, we're the Good News Network. Yeah, don't forget our Ella, Ella, Francinella books. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Chief. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you again for joining us on Godcast. Please stay tuned for the conclusion of this special two-part interview with our amazing guest, Jeannie Gaffian, coming soon. For more information on the Imagine Society, follow them on Instagram at the Imagine Society or theimaginesociety.org. To find out more on our guest host, Michael Grogan Ministry, go to connectwithheaven.org. Also, a reminder, if you wish to hear past podcasts or to find out more about our whimsical and hand-drawn Ella Ella Francinella children book series, please visit our website at startheseaministries.com. This podcast was brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, AJ Roofing. For over 30 years, AJ Roofing has been a staple of the Long Island community, known for their personal touch and commitment to quality. Owner operated and of course fully licensed and insured, give AJ Roofing a call today for all your roofing needs at 631-421-3830. That's 631-421-3830.